whether you are scrolling social media or you are watching the news, there are days that it feels like darkness is winning. And that's why we can't rush past Good Friday. So often we know the end of the story and we want to rush past the crucifixion and get straight to the empty tomb. But when we do that, we fail to acknowledge that on a hillside outside of Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, darkness was defeated. And that's what we have come to acknowledge tonight. On the darkest day in history, the beautiful one was crucified for the broken ones. And for a few minutes, I want you to just imagine yourself in the crowd on that day when Jesus was crucified. On the night before his crucifixion, he was having a meal with his disciples. And after that meal, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was there that he was arrested. And that moment set into motion a series of events that no one and nothing could have stopped. That night he was passed around from the Jewish high priest to the Roman governor, from Herod to Pilate, who said over and over, I find no fault in him. In John chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put a purple robe on him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They mocked him as they slapped him across his face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said, Look, here is the man. And when they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. Jesus was fully God and he was fully human. So that means he felt every lash from his beating. He felt every slap across his face. He heard every slur, every insult, every word of mockery yelled at him. He heard it and he felt it. And that's why Hebrews 4.15 tells us that we have a Savior who can identify with our suffering because he himself has suffered. Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. He was forced to carry his cross, a 40-pound beam, up a hill called Golgotha. But he was so weak and he was, he was so brutally beaten that he did not have the strength to carry it. And someone came along beside him to help him carry that cross. The hill of Golgotha was located near the main road leading into Jerusalem so that everyone coming and going would see those who were being executed. The goal of crucifixion was maximum humiliation and prolonged suffering. The soldiers nailed him to the cross with spikes through his wrists. And then they would have put one foot on top of the other and drove a spike through the arch in each of his feet. He would have to put his full weight on the spikes and push himself up in order to fight suffocation. And every time he did that, the splinters from the cross would dig into his ripped open back. And he repeated this process for hours, experiencing throbbing pain from head to toe with no anesthetic. While he was hanging on the cross, he saw the soldiers gambling for his clothes, and he heard them yelling insults at him. And it was in that moment that he looked down and said to them, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
I read that again this week, I thought, how often does he look down at my life and say, Father, forgive her, because she knows not what she does. He could have said, Father, annihilate them, or Father, curse them, but he chose to say, Father, forget them. By now, it's the middle of the day, but it was as dark as midnight. Jesus was suffering a darkness that was completely different. Because he was carrying the weight of humanity's sin. The full weight of humanity's sin was hitting him full force. Every vile, lustful, hateful, prideful, selfish act throughout history. Every act committed was laid on the Son of God. Every lie, every word of slander, every word of gossip and manipulation laid on Jesus Christ. And in that moment, God the Father looked away. Jesus found just enough breath to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At this point, his lips most likely were cracking and his throat was burning from dehydration, but he found the strength to utter, I thirst. The soldiers offered him a sponge dipped in vinegar. And John chapter 19, verse 30 says that when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. See, when Jesus said it is finished, he wasn't saying, I give up or I give in. He, he was saying, the work that I have come to do is complete. It is accomplished. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus became the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God. The cross is that point of the great exchange our sin for his righteousness. God's wrath exchanged for his favor. We are enemies who became his children, and that is why we call this Good Friday. Jesus gave up his life because he was unwilling to give up on you. 1 Peter 2.24 says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. The cross changes everything. The cross changes your past. It changes your present, and it changes your future. In 1985, one of the most iconic movies ever was released, Back to the Future. Any Back to the Future fans? Yes. If you've not seen that movie, you need to watch it. Michael J. Fox played Marty McFly, and he was a teenager who used a time-traveling DeLorean to go back in, in time to 1955, and he inadvertently prevented his parents from meeting, which means he jeopardized his very existence. And so he had to make sure they connected and then get back to the future. But here's the reality. The cross is way more powerful than a time-traveling DeLorean. God's word says in Isaiah 53 that all of your sins were laid on him. Every wrong thing that you and I have ever done has been forgiven. The things you wish you could forget, God chooses not to remember. And he sees you through the blood. He sees you through the cross. He sees the righteousness of his son and not your sin. Colossians 2.14 says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. 
You don't have to live under the burden of guilt and shame. You can break the cycle of sin that has been handed down to you from generation to generation. You no longer have to live under that burden because the cross changes your past. And the cross changes our future. We have the promise of heaven. One day God is going to make all things new. He is going to set everything right. And the effects of sin on us and on this world will be eliminated. In heaven, there will be no sadness, no suffering, and no sickness. But the only way to heaven is through the cross. And the cross changes the present. See, the cross isn't just about forgiveness, and it's not just about heaven one day. It is about living out God's purpose and his plan for your life now. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, when we accept this gift that Jesus offers to us, it is the greatest gift you will ever receive. And he paid for it with his life. This gift has the power to change your past, your present, and your future if you're willing to accept it and open it. If I give you a gift and you take it home and you put it on the shelf and you never open it, you never access it, is it beneficial to you? No. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. See, accepting this gift means that I believe with my entire heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died to pay the penalty for my sin. And then I open that gift, I access that gift by surrendering my life to live for him. So here's the deal. If you want the change that the cross offers, if you want to experience the change that God is offering tonight, if you need forgiveness, if you need freedom from guilt and shame, all you do is you simply tell him. And you know what? Talking to Jesus is prayer. And you say to him, Jesus, I believe that you suffered and you died on the cross for me. I accept your forgiveness. And I ask you to set me free from the power of sin in my life. Take my guilt and my shame and I commit to live for you from this day. And when you make that decision, baptism is how we openly declare our faith. Jesus told us to do, th to, to do two things when he left this earth. He said, take communion and remember my life, my death, my body, and my blood. And then he said, Baptize, be baptized. That when you say that I am a follower of Christ and you surrender your life to him, openly declaring that to the world through baptism, and it is the beautiful picture of that dying to yourself and being raised to walk in that new life, that Jesus offers to you. You know, I realized something about myself this week. I'm a lot like my grandchildren. They're two years old and I'm 50, but I'm a lot like them. See, when they get a gift, they're really excited about it for a few minutes, and then they put it aside because they get distracted by something else, something that they think is better, and they move on. And we do the very same thing when it comes to this gift of salvation, this freedom from guilt and shame and the grace that God so freely offers us through his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, we're excited about it initially, and then we get distracted by something, and we forget how, how powerful 
how priceless this gift is. It costs Jesus his life. We lose our excitement over what Jesus did for us. But when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we go back to our old ways, it's still the cross that brings us back into right relationship. It's called repentance. We turn from doing things our way and we turn back to Jesus. The Christian life is that of repenting from the things that distract us from him and, and setting our mind and our heart back on him. And, and so that's my prayer tonight. It's a Friday. You've had a crazy week. You're probably facing a lot of things in life. And it's easy to come into this place and forget the magnitude of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's easy to forget the price that was paid so that you and I can walk in freedom. We don't have to live under the weight and the, and the power of sin. We can walk free. And it costs Jesus his life. And so what we're going to do tonight as we close, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And we're going to declare something together. You know, God's word says that Satan is the accuser. And he accuses us of all the things in the past that, that, that Jesus has covered with his blood. And, and sometimes the voice of the accuser comes through in the mouths of the people around you. And you begin to listen to the lies and you begin to give in to the lies. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to declare the reality that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin. The cross has the final word in your life. Not the voice of those around you, not the lies of the enemy in your mind, not the, the reflection on your past that you think disqualifies you. The cross has the final word in your life. And if you believe that tonight, I'm going to encourage you to sing that like you mean it. And on the night that Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples, Scripture tells us they left that place singing. As they went to the, the Garden of Gethsemane, they left that place singing together. And so that's how we're going to close tonight. Do you believe that the cross has the final word in your life? Do you believe that? Do you live like that? So as we close and we declare that, we're going to celebrate what the cross means to us, but we're going to look forward to the empty tomb. So the team is going to lead us in you sing.